Welcome to the North Hills podcast, where we take a deeper dive into unique content created just for you. I am one of your hosts, Ryan. And I'm another host, Carissa, and we are here for another Ask a Pastor episode uh, with Peter Hubbard, and we're really excited to dig into something a little bit fun and different today. Uh, so our topic, well, first, let's talk about what actually Ask a Pastor is. Yeah. So we've had uh, one of these episodes that have aired as a podcast so far, and you might remember we've done similar um, types of Ask a Pastor series via video in the past. And so this is basically our opportunity to get to sit down with one of our pastors, primarily Peter and ask a question that is either like culturally relevant or maybe something that comes from our current sermon series or something that um, people have asked or posed uh, to Peter directly or maybe a common question or a theological one. Um, Or one that causes tension. Yeah. Yeah, a controversial one sometimes, yes. um, or maybe a confusing one, or you know, one that might have a twinge of um, history behind it. And so it's just kind of an opportunity to get to dig into some of these topics that might not come up during the sermon time, um, and it's a great uh, venue in order to get to learn a little bit more. So today we're going to tackle the very exciting topic of tithing. <laughs> and our question for today uh, oh. <laughs> is, is tithing a biblical doctrine or a means of sending people on a financial guilt trip? What a healthy question. <laughs> uh, even, within the, even within the question itself, it, it, it sets up to create uh, the tension that we experience. I think for our listeners, it's really important for them to know that I think this is actually a really fitting time for North Hills to ask this question. Yeah. At the time of this recording, we're only um, two weeks removed from what we call a harvest offering, mm-hmm. which is an annual offering that we take up that we ask our members to actually give beyond their regular giving. Um, and as of last night, I heard that offering basically in one day was um, now a little over $350,000. So, so we are a church that asks, asks so our members to give and to give, big. Um, yeah, give big, generously. give generously. Um, so I think it's really fitting for us um, to wrestle with this whole idea right now. Yeah. So, so Peter, welcome. Dig right in. Thank you. Glad you're here, man. Um, I, I, I think it's uh, important for here for people to hear one thing about you that might help set up uh, some of this discussion. How how long have you been a pastor? Here twenty almost twenty eight years. Yeah, but you have experience even beyond here. So we're yeah. we're up into not to get your age here, but three <laughs> three decades ish. Count that high. Three decades ish <laughs> of being a pastor. So kind of in a before we actually answer the question, so to speak, or wrestle with the question, um, as, as a pastor for 30 years, experientially, how have you experienced people talking about tithing or maybe even stories that you've heard about tithing? And we might chime in in a couple if we have any, but I'm just curious, like over those years. Yeah, this, this question I really like because of that tension between what does the Bible teach and financial guilt trip. Um, I didn't grow up in church. And so the first time I was really a member of a church, I was in a church where in another state where uh, there was a lot of pressure and we would have these high pressure giving guilt trip services. So you've experienced one end of this question. So I've been, as a pastor, I was always very scared to even uh, 
preach what the Bible says about giving in a strong way because of my fear of just shoving people into this guilt trip. Mm. So, and I've, that's been a battle of mine is to make sure, okay, what are we teaching what the Bible says and calling people to that, which is pretty radical. Or, or are we trying to put people on a guilt trip in order to pay for something we think we want or need? Mm. And I think there, I mean, in my experience, at least there are a lot of even humorous things that go along with church giving. And I, I want to be careful here in case this is someone's actual experience. But from my vantage point, it's humorous, kind of the stereotypical uh, red thermometer drawn mm. on paper yes. put up in front of the church. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up in a, a kind of a. Uh, uh, a church where both churches I grew up in before North Hills, where at the front were these wood signs that yeah. told how much was given from um, week to week or comparing yeah. it to last year. Yeah. Or Every last week. week. Right. Yeah. You would always see it up there, which in one way is fine, but it's, there's a lot of these little nuanced things that go along with giving that people have humorous or hurtful hmm. experiences. Yeah. And some of them can actually become quite physically challenging. Like I had a friend in another state where he had gone to a Christian college where they were having fundraisers and they would put these fake bricks along the side of the wall. And each brick representing the building they're going to build had a number of amount on that brick. And the lower bricks designed for the kids were usually smaller amounts, like 5, 10, 20, 50, and then they keep climbing as you go up the wall. So the evangelist preaches really hard, and then they say go, and you you better be physically Uh-oh. quick enough to get a lower brick, <laughs> or you're going to end up with a like a 5000 or a $10,000 brick. And then the, the brick you grab... This you're a student, and is the brick that goes on your your bill, your school bill. So you're just supposed to be able to pony up that money. Yeah. So this is this is giving, but it's it's on your bill. It's less than graceful, perhaps. Less than grace fueled. I, yeah. I am. I am not a small man, and if I was in college <laughs> oh. and I'm in that scenario, there are people who are getting moved out of my way so I can get that five dollar one. Oh yeah. Um, so why don't, why don't we actually try to, to wrestle here a little bit with what we are always passionate about at North Hills by God's grace is, um, the scriptures itself. So, um, where, where do we land? What, what, what's in a podcast? What kind of a journey can we take people on to talk about giving? Is there kind of a framework we could say, here's a way to look at it, so to speak. Yeah, most of the questions arise from the Old Testament teaching of the tithe, which just means 10%. And the Jews really had three kinds of giving. One is the the offerings they gave. Uh, The other uh, represented uh, a temple tax and uh, also a um, uh, tithe that 10% uh, they paid. And then the third was free will giving. And so if you add all those up, it represented a pretty significant, some say around 23%. But 
that as a theocracy that represented their taxes help uh, help uh, help well. us yeah, understand theocracy like when you use that term like rather than a democracy a theocracy god is ruling this so there isn't god is ruling that nation nation itself. yeah mm-hmm. so there aren't that's that's representing their taxes as well as their giving so it, even if we just squish it down to tithe uh, the questioner is is that this question was sent in by someone saying, are, are we as New Testament believers required to give 10 percent of our income as they did in the Old Testament? Hmm. So uh, and there I, I think th- that might be a helpful transition for us, because in one way, that question is it is presenting a tension between old and new. Mm-hmm. So. How, how can we, what do we answer from the new? And for those listeners here, you might be um, new to North Hills or new to the scriptures. When we're using these terms, Old and New Testament, we're merely referring to, it, it's one way that the Bible is organized. There's uh, not necessarily halves, but a part that we call the Old Testament and then a part that's called the new. So so let's let's step into the new. You talked about the old with those three types of giving. Um, what about the new? And then maybe after that, we can get to, reconciling it if there is tension. Yeah, what you see in the new covenant, which whether you look in the gospels where Jesus says to the rich young ruler, um, hey, if you're going to follow me, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor. That's a little beyond a little the tithe. That's, yeah, that's higher than the 23% right. yeah. in yeah, Israel. 10 yeah. tithes. That's a hundred percent. I think I'm not really good at math, but, um, then you have, uh, a number of other examples like Matthew, um, you have Zacchaeus, remember the tax collector. He not only paid back the people he owed, but then he gave half of all his possessions to the poor. Yeah. So, so Z- Zacchaeus is the, is this guy, tax collector, traitor even, yeah. who robbed his own people, meets Jesus, believes in Jesus, and as a result does those things. As a matter of repentance, mm-hmm. he sells and repays, right? R- restores even, pays restitution. Yeah. So yeah. you can see for right from the very beginning in Acts 2, for example, when the spirit fell and people responded to the preaching of Peter, they trusted Christ. They immediately began to share their possessions mm-hmm. like their their wallets were affected by the grace that had entered their lives. And can we just, that's, yeah, I don't want to interrupt you there, but I, I think that's a great one to repeat. Yes. How did you just say that? Can you remember how you just said that? There, live there. Yeah, something like their wallets were affected by the grace that had entered their lives. Like that should just be everybody's personal giving statement. Like their yeah. giving mission statement. It's powerful. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah and everything. And this is the part I have to constantly go back to because if I'm thinking percentages, I can quickly forget. No, I am bought with a price. Everything I have is his and is entrusted to me as a steward. So in the New Testament, it's clearly whatever giving we land on, it's the overflow of everything is his. And if there's anything that I'm holding back, whatever percentage I give, 
then I'm, I'm still missing the idea of, of grace fueled giving. So we're, Mm -hmm. we're now moving from talking about it as uh, percentage or code Mm -hmm. or checkbox or any of these Mm -hmm. other things that some people, some Mm -hmm. of us who grew up in church might think all the humorous stories we told at the beginning, you're trying to elevate our view beyond money, 10%, 13, 23, whatever to everything about me is purchased. Everything about me is now part of doing what I've been called to do as a follower of Jesus. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's definitely the model that we see in acts where, like you mentioned, they're, their wallets are open, but then so are their homes, like their dinner tables. They're using everything that they own is part of that grace fueled giving. Exactly. Uh, Irenaeus, who was actually discipled by Polycarp, which I know we're not familiar with most of these names, but Polycarp most likely knew the Apostle John. So these are early church leaders who go way back. Irenaeus was born in 130. So you're not talking about far off from when the church uh, really sprang up. So in, in <clears throat> one sense, the point here is you, you've got, we're, we're talking now, if we're going to say what this guy says, we're, we're, we're almost talking firsthand experience to yeah. someone that was there. So, right. Yeah. And he, he, I feel like he summarizes it. Well, he, he said the Jews were constrained to a regular payment of tithes, Christians who have Liberty, which is a big point. Like we are free well, what do we do with that freedom? He says, we assign all, they assign all their possessions to the Lord, bestowing freely, not the lesser portions of their property, since they have the hope of greater things. Now you're a Hebrews guy. So Ryan, I think you know where that statement comes from. Yeah. They're, they're, they're looking to a greater thing, a city that's going to come, the place that God's going to make well beyond today into forever. This hope of greater things. Yeah. So you notice it's, uh, there's the, the liberty we freely, uh, so if somebody is asking me, like, am I required to, to tithe? I just feel like we started at the wrong place. Um, am I set free? Is everything I have from God now? The better question is, how do I use that for his glory freely? Can I back up on, on one thing here? And I'm going to borrow from Irenaeus. Is that right? Yeah. I'm going to borrow from his words that, that I, I, I appreciate the way you say that. Like, am I supposed to tithe may not be the question to begin with. Could it be fair to ask the question, have you assigned in his language all your possessions to the Lord? That's it. Like a homework assignment almost. Like before we get to 10 or a number or yes or no code, let's ask a really big question of each other. Yeah. And and some people I know our family when we moved in our home, we like we we just prayed over it, reminding ourselves this this is not ours. Like this is his. How can we use it for his glory? Hmm. If we think that way about our money, when it disappears, we're not as sad. And when we get a lot of it, we're more prone to use it for the right purposes. Okay. Good. So let's get into that. Um, 
So we're going to assign our possessions to the Lord. We're going to give freely. Maybe let's get down into life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Carissa is going to work every day, lots of hours at times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, what's an average work week for you? You know, uh, I mean, you know, like as far as how many yeah, hours work, yeah, 50 mm-hmm. hours, 60, 65, yeah. somewhere around there, you know, work in a way. So maybe, you know, and even though we're pastors, we work more than just on Sunday, the people that mm-hmm. are listening are out there working. If we can get this question of, okay, let's, let's say we can assign all our possessions to the Lord, uh, then h- how do we give? H- how does that work in real life? How, how would you help us there? I think this is where the question can be helpful in the sense that, and I don't know if this is a helpful way to say it, but give the way you live. Like Hmm. if I'm a farmer and I'm living off the land, then I'm probably going to be giving agriculturally, you know, to to the church or to uh, uh, the people who minister to me or to missionaries I'm caring for. But most of us don't live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, payments, Wi-Fi payments. We have, uh, many have car payments. And so if I say, well, I'm just going to give out of grace, which for some people means whatever's left whatever's over, <laughs> then, then I'm not giving the way I live. Because if I, if mm-hmm. I think that I'm going to be able to get everything I need for my family and and just have this money sitting around and I'm going to give that way that that's going to be generous. The whole mindset is no, everything I have is from God. So just like when you, I, 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 I've heard someone use this illustration. When you learn to ride the bike, a bike, you may need training wheels for, for young couples or singles. I challenge them tithing may be a good way to start. That's a not, great analogy. Yeah, not because you're obligated, but but you're saying that it's all God's. Right now, we can set this aside, but like in in my life, when we we tithe before we could, so that when we can, we could do more. Yeah. Um, it was brutal early on. <laughs> like we were barely putting food on the table, barely paying our bills. We had no insurance uh, early on when our church was starting. Um, but we we said, let's begin this out of worship and joy and gratefulness because everything's his. And then we've been able to see that increase. I don't know that it would have increased percentage wise if we weren't willing to do it when it was hard. That, right. I don't know if that. And makes I feel sense. like that's a big difference from what we commonly hear, um, kind of like the prosperity gospel idea of give lots of money so that way you'll be blessed and get lots of money in return. Um, it, that the equation doesn't work that work that way in most cases. Um, and it doesn't balance out. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I love the clarification that you're saying. It's, it's a completely different mindset. Start. So the training wheels concept might be a tithing thing. It might be 10%, but it, it's, I think the challenge here is step in faith with all that God's mm-hmm. given you. And, and even, even when that, that hurts a little bit, you're wrestling with the question of pri- priority. And, and I, I just want to add one thing here, not priority like in duty, but in passion. Hmm. It's beautiful. So, so I, I was wondering, um, 
like, like, uh, like practically how you can give, you could do training wheels as a tithe. Um, I like, you know, um, give as you live. It it might be a pain, like there's online giving, which is a Mm. really helpful tool. At least we believe at our church, it's a helpful tool for people to get into a rhythm Mm -hmm. of giving. Um, but when, when, so that, that's kind of in the sense of, of a, a how can, can we talk a little bit about underneath that? What are some of the that passion and that why, like not, not necessarily what we get out of it, as Chris has said about the prosperity gospel, <laughs> but at the same time, there are some great words applied mm. to giving in the scriptures, cheerful, oh. joyful. So what would you say to that? Like some whys underneath giving the biggest why for me, and there are many yeah, like you yeah. listed is second Corinthians nine twelve where it says your giving not only meets the needs of the saints, which is huge. Like it actually digs wells and it, yeah. it, it frees helps children from slavery and frees children, like praise God. Right. Like, but, but he goes on to say it not only does that, which is vital, but it also overflows to many thanksgivings to God overflows huh. in many thanksgivings to God. Like, Paul, you could just see him jumping up and down that this money is not only meeting a financial need, but it is flowing over into uh, worship and gratefulness. So in one sense, like the why underneath that is, uh, so I'm the campus pastor out at Northwest. Uh, When we gather out there and we ask people to give, and then we give a report um, about uh, Ethiopia and what's happening out there is it's one of the whys is you're able to connect what you gave, not necessarily even to the action of what happened, but that there are actually brothers and sisters in Ethiopia who stopped and worshiped yes. and said, thank you to God in that moment. So our, our mindset there is really, uh, that's a growth thing for me to think through Peter, actually that, that in these moments of giving that, that I'm thinking beyond even what this church has called us to do in India, for instance, or with fostering here in Greenville. But, but there are people right now who are saying thank you to God, which is a really big yeah. deal. You know, you consider what he says in Romans about not giving thanks to God is really, really bad. And on the That's... opposite end, giving goes right to people worshiping through what we worship. Yes. It just multiplies. So giving fuels not only my worship, but the worship of those who are receiving that giving. Yeah, exactly. Much more brief and to the point than (laughs) I did. Thank you for that, Carissa. Um, So uh, Peter, as as we wrap up, I'm wondering, um, I'd like you to kind of put your pastor hat on again. We started there. uh, Let's end there. Can you... Can you speak to someone who's listening here? Maybe they're a member at North Hills and and they don't give and and maybe from church background or not. Maybe they're, they don't even know how they're feeling. Can you end with a word of encouragement to them and then an encouragement to the giver, the person who's giving, whatever they're giving, it doesn't matter, but they're giving. Can you, can you do that kind of off the cuff? Just two encouragements for those sets of people. Sure. My the little bit of financial counseling I've done with people, um, I have a deep burden for people whose finances are in such disarray that 
just getting their, they feel like their mouth is barely mm. above the water. And the, every, every, uh, every wave that comes financially is, is drowning them. And mm. so when we talk about giving, it, it's just another wave. Yeah. So I, I one word of encouragement I would say to someone who either isn't giving or feels like they can't is we want to help. Like we have financial Good. counselors, teams of people who will listen, assess, uh, advise, encourage, uh, because it, it, you're missing out on so much joy mm-hmm. when you get to see what God puts in your hands and you're able to entrust that back to him in, in whatever form, through through the church, through the missions, through um, a ministry here in the community, and then see fruit be born right. through money you were able to sacrifice. And I enjoy, because our family gives online, so you can forget. Mm-hmm. So a word to the givers, um, I actually like to imagine sometimes when that money is moving from you know my bank account invisibly to the the churches, I, I try to imagine things I could buy with that huh. and Good. then give thanks that God is setting me free hmm. from bondage to having to have more and more and more. I have too much as it is. As Americans, we are flooded with stuff. So even as we give, we're being liberated from that perpetual bondage to greed, which can be such uh, shackles to to our souls. It's a barb. It's a hook. It is huge. And I, I think, uh, I, uh, and just so listeners know, I, I'm I'm good friends with Carissa. I've known Peter for a lot of years. So when I say that, I think I think all of us would be honest enough to say, I mean. Our, our hearts long for things and stuff and satisfaction. And but it is this, this, this passionate moment of giving that away. And I I just would like to highlight one thing as we wrap up here, we've talked about this a lot at Northwest this year that I am, I am more and more stunned anytime any of us give away what is Mm -hmm. ours, that that is actually a moment of the spirit working. It's a miracle. It's not. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And I don't think that's overstating it. It is. It is the one of the greatest counter cultural movements, mm-hmm. actions that I believe a Christ follower can do today mm-hmm. is to give away their stuff and money because people look at you. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, Peter, thank you so much for your, your thoughtfulness and pastoral care on this issue and sharing it with us. Uh, So as always, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Make sure to share it with uh, somebody else. Uh, We love you and are so thankful for you tuning in to the North Hills podcast.